thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I'm your host, Nikolai. Thank you so much for joining me on the Unpreached Truth About God and Money. Today, we have a special guest that we had the privilege and honor of interviewing. His name is Jonathan McCartry. He's the CEO of McCartry Innovation Lab and McCartry Foundation. McCartry Foundation is a Virginia-based 501c3 think tank. Their mission is to improve the quality of life and families around the United States. They cover homelessness, hunger, nutrition, obesity, education, financial instability, and other community-related issues. They also provide grants to assist nonprofit organizations with projects and programs while also providing resources and information for the community. For more information, check out uh, their website, mccartryfoundation.org. That's mccartryfoundation.org. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I recognize your schedule is busy. How are things going? Everything's good. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. So, yeah, thanks for taking the time. Um, so we'll just dive right into uh, the question. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey to become an entrepreneur? Tell us where this all began. Sure. Uh, a lot of it, uh, I think, uh, started out of just growing up. Uh, my father, uh, who was a pastor, uh, actually was building books for a couple ministers uh, and around the Northeast region. And uh, I was a little helper putting books together, printing out books, ordering pages. And that was like my first job. And, you know, the idea was going to see him go to the mailbox and, you know, receive the benefits of his hard work was just something that always instilled um, the ideas of what I wanted to do when I grew up. So how, so, I mean, out of, out of curiosity, did you ever feel the pressure of somebody suggesting like, oh, you know, you should be a pastor as well? Um, or did you kind of push against that? What, what was that? What, what did that look like for you? Yeah, all the time. Um, my father still pushes me to the, as that the eventual outcome, <laughs> I'll become a minister. Um, it, my grandmother passed in like 2016 and like, that was all that she wanted for me to do is be a pastor. Um, I mean, I have a lot of pastors in my family. My cousin's a pastor. I have an uncle who was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. Actually, I had two uncles who were pastors. My dad's a pastor, and uh, my sister actually is getting into the ministry. Her and her, her and her husband as well. So, I mean, we have a bunch of ministers in our family. That <laughs> I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> up. So, how uh, did you find a lot of support along the way in terms of uh, your journey into this uh, area? Um, does your community support you? And what were some, you know, challenges or obstacles you faced along the way? What was their uh, perception? In entrepreneurship? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the the idea is that, you know, you can't do it alone. Uh, you may think you can do it alone, but you can't do it alone. Uh, I, had a, I had a couple of great mentors who just kind of put me on the straight and narrow. I had bosses who were like amazing, who I did contract work for, who like kind of guided me along the way. And just, you know, uh, just if you put if you put together a good team, especially people of um, of, of, of diverse cultures from from different areas, women, uh, you get a you get a lot of people who can kind of steer you in the right direction for the things you need to be doing. Okay. And were people were people kind of I guess, did they just open up in terms of helping you along? Um, with your ideas, at least I found from my experience, I used to fear that people would like, you know, be out here trying to steal ideas and whatnot. But it seems, at least for me, a lot of people have been helpful. Has that been the same thing for you? Or do you find yourself with people who are like, oh, I'm going to cop that idea from McCartney? Uh, you know, 
I think when I first started, um, because I was young and um, a lot of people felt that I was a little cocky, which I probably was, uh, it was more so, you know, <laughs> what, you know, what I was trying to do, and what I was trying to accomplish. I don't know that I would say that it was necessarily something that was popular. And so I don't know that it was something people were like, oh, that, that there's value in stealing that. Um, now I look back on it and I say, well, you know, I think these are great ideas. Some of them never even came to fruition. Um, I had a lot of businesses that weren't successful. Um, but I, I think that there are some good ideas along the way. And, you know, I had the appropriate help of people. And, you know, I, I circulated some of my ideas to some people and said, hey, how do you feel about this? What are your thoughts? And there were a lot of people who I trusted enough to be able to share those ideas. And I got a lot of support there. As an entrepreneur, what areas are you involved in in terms of industry? Because I remember when, when we were in school, it was really interesting, you know, um, you were always just this guy who's very friendly, you know, kind of you're just doing your thing. Um, and just as people began to talk about, you know, what you were doing or you would just have conversations, it was always like you had these great ideas and not just one area, but like a variety. Um, you're messing with computers. You had interest in helping people in poverty, you know. So can you tell our listeners, you know, just a bit about um, kind of where you're, where God has kind of op- opened your um, opened up your businesses and how he has enlarged your territory. Sure. I mean, so I started in the dorms, fixing computers and, and doing math homework. Like that was that was the bread and butter. And then I started selling uh, shoes out of the East Bay magazine. And so uh, I kind of turned that into, you know, I was working, uh, I was consulting for the government uh, for various three letter agencies, um, helping them to build software. And then, you know, I got into the hardware game and I was doing that for a while. And uh, then uh, I was able, through a great team uh, of people, to start working. Uh, created we created a foundation, which allowed us to help some nonprofits uh, improve the quiet life and families around the world, or around the United States, and eventually around the world. You know, there there are a lot of people, especially nowadays. You know, we have a lot of we have some people who have good ideas. And they may decide I'm not going to move forward with this because I don't, you know, MacArthur, I hear you, you, you built this empire, you're still building, you know, how much money do I need to start something like this? What do I, you know, do I need to have a whole bunch of money or do I just, you know, just go run with my idea? What, what has it been for you? Do you have to go out and get a loan for something or ask for investors or is it just something that you literally built from the ground up? Uh, so I, uh, when I first started my first organization, uh, I did I did it all bootstrap. Uh, when I started building like Makachi Group, uh, that took some investment. Uh, one investment heavily from my mentor, uh, he gave me $35,000. And $35,000 was able to seed us for six months. And, you know, eventually when we sold the business in 2016, you know, I was able to thankfully uh, pay him back many, many folds. Um, but I, I think I think for every, I, you know, for everyone, it's just like the first step is just to have a good idea and then to, you know, be able to talk about your idea and be able to flush out some of the some of the junk. I, I think that, you know, when you talk to your friends and family, you know, they're your biggest supporters. And so just because your mom likes your idea and your girlfriend or boyfriend likes your idea, that doesn't mean it's a great idea. 
but being able to circulate in the in the industry and the communities in which your idea would support, like that's how you get a lot of great con uh, constructive feedback in order to kind of hone in on your idea about what it is that you actually want to do. I, I want to take it a different direction just because I, I think we have a responsibility as 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 black men to also talk about, you know, what's going on in our communities. And sometimes people may say, all right, well, you know, I, I don't come from you know, a certain neighborhood, whatnot. I don't have that kind of um, mentorship where I can look at my dad to help me, you know, when I was a child or whatnot. What would you say to people who find themselves in more adverse um, situations or, you know, from your own upbringing, you know, did you find yourself in adverse environments and how did, how were you able to rise from that? Can you explain to our listeners, you know, what does that look like? How, how would you talk to somebody who's coming from um, an environment that's not the best to get where you are? I mean, is a lot of it is just do not be deterred, you know, uh, be able to circulate with groups of people who you don't necessarily agree with. You know, I, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, we don't necessarily agree on political views or or maybe uh, environmental views. And, you know, a lot of that is just being able to hone your your resolve into how you feel about about your ideas, but not just about your ideas, but also about the world. You know, I, I came from a place where we didn't have much. Um, and, you know, I always knew that I wanted to be something great. And I kept pushing for it. Uh, and bringing in, the, bringing in the race aspect of it, you know, I, I didn't necessarily go to all black schools until I went to high school. And um, going into college, um, even, at, even at CUC, it was a place where uh, there was a great mix, but you know everybody was in their cliques of areas, and you know being able to talk to different groups and be able to communicate in those different groups is something that you you, you can use as fuel to to move forward, uh, not necessarily just in your ideas, but also in life. Like a lot of people that I know now um, that have stuck with me by have have been the people who are not necessarily the people who I, I agree with everything or, I, or, or they agree with everything that I say, but people who challenge my ideas, challenge my, or challenge, and challenge the status quo. With everything that you're doing, how do you manage your time with God? Um, are you involved at the moment with church or, um, or do you just have your own personal devotions or um, you know, what's your own journey with God like throughout this process, especially coming from an environment uh, where people may suggest that, hey, if you go into business, you know, you're being worldly or if you're, you know, uh, <laughs> rubbing shoulders with people, hey, that's not what God wants. You know, God wants you to, you know, maybe to struggle a bit. What, what has been your take on that whole thing? You know, so I, growing up, growing up in a very, I would say, strict Adventist environment of, you know, guarding your edges of the Sabbath and being in a place where um, everything you do has to be for the glorification of God, you know, it kind of, it kind of put me in a position where I had to challenge some of what my religious beliefs were and, and my uh, focus on religion and be able to form my own relationships with God. Because, you know, when you grow up as a pastor's kid, you know, a lot of what you know about church and religion comes from the pastor who's in your home, you know? Look at them as your, as not just your parent, but also your spiritual advisor. 
And part of growing up is that you need to make your own connections with God. You need to create your own avenues to, uh, I would say, <laughs> religious religious freedom. <laughs> with, um, and be able to communicate with God on a level where you you have an understanding with God and you know what it is you need to do. Uh, and you know what it is you need to do in order to feel that you're giving what you what you're supposed to to God, and that you're um, delivering the same thing for for your your community. Because I think religion is beyond just your communication with God, but it's also how you present yourself to the community as well. Gotcha. So, how what would you how, how would you talk to individuals who, you know, who are Christians or or just uh, people of faith? Do you believe that there is a, re- a relationship that they ought to have with with wealth or money as well? How does somebody build wealth, or do you think they're these are mutually exclusive situations? Um, I don't I don't know that I would talk, speak to them any different than I would speak to somebody of non faith. I think that um, regardless regardless of what your faith is, you have a responsibility to yourself, your family, and your community, mm-hmm. and I think. I think spirit. I think religion and spirituality uh, often get um, mixed, mm-hmm. and mm. I think that we take sometimes we take religion and we hold it much higher than 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 what we should, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to the relationships that we have with God and the people around us. And so I don't know that I would speak to anybody differently. I think that you know when you're when you're talking about managing uh, wealth or managing your finances, a lot of what a lot of what it should be is in it, sh- it should be about taking care of the things that you're supposed to be taking care of. You know, we have responsibilities, and those responsibilities require certain activities. And so, as long as they're not interfering with your spirituality, I think that everything is okay. So, what are some practical, tangible things that people could do? to begin um, a process of, of building wealth or, or, or just taking care of their financial situation? Uh, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's a lot of things. I, I mean, I think there are a lot of people who, uh, I, th- I, think the first, I think the first part is, is, is understanding debt and being able to understand where you, where you fall in, in debt. I think a lot of the times we get into debt seeing that it's something that is gonna push us you know, further into wealth or we push ourselves into debt because, you know, there are things that we want to do that a we can't afford, or b we just don't have the right management skills. I mean, when I grew up, I didn't have any financial learning or or or, or debt understanding of what debt was or how to manage debt or you know what that's something that we weren't taught in school. I wasn't necessarily taught at home, mm-hmm. and you know I think it starts there. You know, if I think if my parents had a better understanding of debt. Um, they're wonderful people, but if they had an under, a better understanding of debt, you know, there are some there are some things that I wouldn't have done uh, growing up in in college and 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 shortly thereafter. So, what are you or your organizations, um, you know, doing now to make a difference in the world? So, uh, I have a foundation uh, and is about to relaunch again this summer. Um, it was a corporate foundation before I sold the rest of my organizations, and it took some time to reestablish it as a family foundation. Uh, the mission of the foundation is to improve the, in the improve the quality of life in families. 
And so we give grants mm -hmm. to organizations who help uh, con their constituents improve their life and family. So we focus on the different societal issue every quarter, homelessness, hunger, nutrition, mm -hmm. and the awareness, workforce reentry. You know, we focus on different topics and we look to organizations who are doing this particular topic in a, in a particular quarter and we, and we sit with them, we talk to them, we figure out what some of their problems are, what some of their solutions are. We come up with programming with them and then we fund this programming so that we're really focused on making an impact. Wow. So it's not so it's not just uh, looking at the ideas, but also providing resources. Yeah. To those ideas. One hundred percent. Yeah. It's not it's not just about funding. It's also about sitting with them and like, actually really talking about real problems. You know, a lot of like if I can give an example, uh, there's an organization in uh, Seattle uh, called the Austin Foundation, and uh, one of the things that uh, they're trying to alleviate is just the the youth that are on the street and and providing them a safe place for them to go and while you're providing them a safe place to go you're also giving them skills about lifting weights working out health management health and wellness and giving them these tools that they wouldn't get anywhere else and they're actually being able to uh, i think one of the one of the uh graduates of the program is now the executive director and it's because he had that discipline to go through the program and they're really getting people off the street and they're working with the school system and figuring out where where um, where they can make the, the proper improvements in order to really make an impact in the community. And as you, if, if you look at the numbers, I think they've been in existence for three years. They've been able to change the, out, the, the landscape of how youth is looked at in the Seattle area. So that's just a small that's just a small a small area, but you know, if you look at that program and take that program and then put it in other locations, now you have something that can change how how we look at youth uh, across the nation. Wow, that's awesome. Is there anything else that um, you would like to share with our listeners about either the work you do or how people can uh, you know maybe support what you're doing or even just getting in contact with you? Sure. Uh, the website is Makadri Foundation. Um, we're actually working on a couple initiatives uh, for the second quarter uh, to relaunch the foundation into the third quarter um, and pushing our grant cycles forward. Um, me personally, uh, sure you can find me, Jonathan at Makadri.com. Um, I'm friends with Nikolai. We've been, we've been, I don't know how long we've been rocking it, 10 years? Man, it, it feels like forever. <laughs> Ten years. I'm yeah, just happy, I'm just happy that you gave me an opportunity to um, to share some of my thoughts, and I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for taking the time, um, you know, for us to to dialogue. Um, recognize that you are you're a busy man. This man travels everywhere, <laughs> literally, <laughs> and so I want to just thank you so much for taking the time to just share with us um, your journey um, and and uh, some knowledge that we can apply to ourselves, and and hopefully we've we've learned. Um, how to grow from this experience and that we can be better stewards of, you know, what God has given us. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Please keep in touch with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Uncreased Truth. That's The Uncreased Truth. No underscores, no spaces. Take the opportunity to share this message with someone. And remember, speak the truth and speak it ever.